Psalm 119, verses 113 through 152. I hate the double-minded, but I love your law. You are my hiding place and my shield. I hope in your word. Depart from me, you evildoers, that I may keep the commandments of my God. Uphold me to your promise that I may live, and let me not be put to shame in my hope. Hold me up, that I may be safe and have regard for your statutes continually. You spurn all who go astray from your statutes, for their cunning is in vain. All the wicked of the earth you discard like dross. Therefore, I love your testimonies. My flesh trembles for fear of you, and I am afraid of your judgments. I have done what is just and right. Do not leave me to my oppressors. Give your servant a pledge of good. Let not the insolent oppress me. My eyes long for your salvation and for the fulfillment of your righteous promise. Deal with your servant according to your steadfast love and teach me your statutes. I am your servant. Give me understanding that I may know your testimonies. It is time for the Lord to act, for your law has been broken. Therefore, I love your commandments above gold, above fine gold. Therefore, I consider all your precepts to be right. I hate every false way. Your testimonies are wonderful. Therefore, my soul keeps them. The unfolding of your words give light. It imparts understanding to the simple. I open my mouth and pant because I long for your commandments. Turn to me and be gracious to me as is your way with those who love your name. Keep steady my steps according to your promise and let no iniquity get dominion over me. Redeem me from man's oppression that I may keep your precepts. May your face shine upon your servant and teach me your statutes. My eyes shed streams of tears because people do not keep your law. Righteous are you, O Lord, and right are your rules. You have appointed your testimonies in righteousness and in all faithfulness. My zeal consumes me because my foes forget your words. Your promise is well tried, and your servant loves it. I am small and despised, yet I do not forget your precepts. Your righteousness is righteous forever, and your law is true. Trouble and anguish have found me out, but your commandments are my delight. Your testimonies are righteous forever. Give me understanding that I may live. With my whole heart, I cry, Answer me, O Lord. I will keep your statutes. 
I call to you, save me, that I may observe your testimonies. I rise before dawn and cry for help. I hope in your words. My eyes are awake before the watches of the night, that I may meditate on your promise. Hear my voice according to your steadfast love. O Lord, according to your justice, give me life. They draw near who persecute me with evil purpose. They are far from your law. But you are near, O Lord, and all your commandments are true. Long have I known from your testimonies that you have founded them forever. Living the Proverbs, day by day, for October 24th. Today's lesson from Proverbs comes from Proverbs chapter 4, verse 23. Above all else, guard your heart, for it affects everything you do. His comforting hand. Our second scripture comes from 2 Corinthians chapter 7, verse 6. But God who comforts the humble, comforted us. If you have been touched by the transforming hand of Jesus, then you have every reason to live courageously. Still, even if you are a dedicated Christian, you may find yourself discouraged by the inevitable disappointments and tragedies that occur in the lives of believers and non-believers alike. The next time you find your courage tested to the limit, lean upon God's promises. Trust his son. Remember that God is always near and that he is your protector and your deliverer. When you are worried, anxious, or afraid, call upon him and accept the touch of his comforting hand. Remember that God rules both mountaintops and valleys with limitless wisdom and love, now and forever. Streams in the Desert for October 24th. Our scripture comes from Isaiah chapter 41, verse 15. I will make you into a threshing sledge, new and sharp. Around the turn of the 20th century, a bar of steel was worth about $5. Yet when forged into horseshoes, it was worth 10 When made into needles, its value was $350. When used to make small pocket knife blades, it was worth $32,000. When made into springs for watches, its value increased to $250,000. What a pounding the steel bar had to endure to be worth this much. But the more it was shaped, hammered, put through fire, beaten, pounded, and polished, 
the greater its value. May we use this analogy as a reminder to be still, silent, and long-suffering, for it is those who suffer the most who yield the most, and it is through pain that God gets the most out of us for his glory and the blessing of others. Our life is very mysterious. In fact, it would be totally unexplainable unless we believe that God was preparing us for events and ministries that lie unseen beyond the veil of the eternal world, where spirits like tempered steel will be required for special service. The sharper, sharper the craftsman's knives, the finer and more beautiful his work. Today we're going to change course a little bit. I'll be uh, speaking from Henry Nouwen's book, uh, Spiritual Direction, Wisdom for the Long Walk of Faith. Witness to Human Vulnerability After everything has been said and done, what we have to offer is our, is our authentic selves in relationship to others. What matters most, what transforms, is the influence of a humble, vulnerable witness to the truth. One of the main objectives of spiritual direction is to help people discover that they already have something to give. Therefore, the director needs to be a receiver who says, I see something in you, and I'd like to receive it from you. In this way, the one who gives discovers his or her talent through the eyes of the one who receives. Therefore, the essence of spiritual direction is the quality of witness. And witness is the proclamation of what we have heard, seen with our own eyes, what we have watched and touched with our own hands. 1 John chapter 1, verse 1. To be a witness means to lay down your life for your friends, to become a martyr in the original sense of the word. To be a witness means to offer your own faith experience and to make your doubts and hopes, failures and successes, loneliness and woundedness available to others as a context in which they can struggle with their own humanness and quest for meaning. Instead, we often hide behind our many emotional, mental, and spiritual masks. Who really wants to make their struggles available to others as a source of growth and understanding? Who wants to be reminded of their weaknesses and limitations, doubts and uncertainties? Who wants to confess that God cannot be understood, that human experience is not explainable, and that the great questions of life do not lead to answers, but only to deeper questions? Who wants to be vulnerable and say with confidence, I don't know? To offer or receive spiritual direction calls for the courage to enter into the common search, confront our brokenness, 
and use this capacity to grow through wisdom and understanding. Spiritual direction means to listen to the other without fear and discover the intimate divine connections within your own stormy life history. It means to help others discover that their questions are human questions. Their search is a human search and their restlessness is part of the restlessness of the human heart, your own included. To those with serious struggles and burning questions, I want to reach out with compassion and say, you seek answers to what cannot be fully known. I don't know either, but I will help you search. I offer no solutions, no final answers. I am as weak and limited as you are. But we are not alone. Where there is charity and love, God is there. Together we form community. Together we continue the spiritual search. Holiness Day by Day Acknowledging unworthiness. And our scripture comes from Luke chapter 7, verse 6. I am not worthy to have you come under my roof. I was talking one day with a man whose mother, a faithful servant of God for more than 40 years, was dying of painful cancer. He said, after all she's done for God, this is the thanks she gets? Such a statement sounds irreverent, but the man didn't intend it to be that way. He simply thought God owed his mother a better life. He only verbalized what many people feel. There are other occasions when we remind God of the sacrifices we've made to serve him and expect an answer to prayer in return. With such an attitude, we may grumble about blessings not received instead of being grateful for those we have received. We need to adopt the attitude of the Roman centurion, centurion excuse me, described in Luke 7. This man sent some Jewish elders to Jesus asking him to come and heal, heal his sick servant. The elders pleaded with Jesus. He is worthy to have you do this for him, for he loves our nation, and he is the one who built us our synagogue. The centurion surely was a remarkable man, but his attitude about himself is even more remarkable than his deeds. Instead of thinking what he should receive because of what he deserved, he freely confessed that he didn't deserve anything. He sent word to Jesus, Lord, do not trouble yourself, for I am not worthy to have you come under my roof. Therefore, I did not presume to come to you. Because of this attitude, the centurion not only experienced the joy of having his request granted, but also the added joy of knowing he had received what he didn't deserve. Transforming Grace